Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, give somebody a hug, slap somebody a high five, hug their neck, tell them you're glad to see them here today. Act like you're alive. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, so glad you're here. So good to be here today, man. We're excited. We are kicking off a series that we're doing, and we're going to be talking about worship for the next uh, for the next four weeks. And so worship is something that I love. It's going to be a fun series. We're going to have a lot of fun. You're going to hear from some different people. You're going to hear from some of the band. You're going to hear what worship means to them. And, and so it's just going to be fun. We're going to have a great time. And so um, as we talk about worship, worship is near and dear to my heart. Um, I grew up in a church. And can, can I just be real with y'all today? Can we do that? Oh, Jesus, it's going to be one of them days. I grew up in a church where we didn't have a worship service. We had a song service. And I'm not trying to be ugly, and I'm not trying to chunk stones and all that, but I'm just, I've come to grow and learn there's a difference in a song service and a worship service. Song services can be good, but the, the, when I grew up, the song service was about th two or three different parts and staying in time and this pitch and that pitch and this key and that key and everything sounded real good. And then I, I learned that, that worship really doesn't matter what kind of style of song you're singing. It really doesn't matter what kind of instruments you have or if you have any instruments at all. Worship is just when you go, wow, and you're, uh, you, you're just in awe of who God is and what God has done in your life. God desires for you and I to worship. Him. What does that mean as we talk about worship? What, what does it mean to worship? What does it mean to worship God? And, and just by definition, worship means to honor. It means to, to, to simply adore, to revere, to hold in high regards. And can I tell you, from the beginning of time, God just desired to be worshiped. He wants to be worshiped by you and I. In the beginning, in, in Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 27 says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. God created you and I. We are children of God. We are created in the image of God. And so what I want to do right now is I want to take a little different play. I want to take just a little bit different turn, and I want to, to present worship to you in a way that maybe would open your mind up, maybe would open your heart up to think about worship in a little different way. Just like you and I are created in the image of our Heavenly Father, our little children are created in our image as well. How many of you have children or grandchildren? Let me hear you say a good amen. amen. Now, when you look at your kids, sometimes do you go, wow, I can see me in them. Wow. You know what? And so all the time people say, like our kids, mine and Tubby's kids, we got three, we got Will, Jesse, and Clara. And when you look at Will, the little drummer boy, Will definitely got my personality. He's a little bit of a smart, uh, my smart aleck. He talks to talk a little bit of trash. He's a little bit grumpy. He, he just he just will, man. That's just who he is. And then if you look at my, my our middle child, Jesse, he doesn't really have my personality. He more has, has Jennifer's personality, but Jesse has my drive. Like, I'm very driven. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to give it all I got. I'm going to give it. And Jesse Pate, if he's going to be a Chick-fil-A employee, by God, he's going to be the best Chick-fil-A employee there is. 
if he's going to go to the gym and, and work out and, and get ripped, I mean, he's going to give it all that he's got. And then there's sweet little Claire Lynn, bless her heart. She loves to come to me. She goes, Dad, guess what? I was in the nursery today, and I was keeping kids in the nursery. And you know what? Three people told me, you're just like your dad, Claire Lynn. And it just makes her feel good, and it makes her smile, and it makes me feel good as well. Our children are created in our image. Now, take another turn is this, like, 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 like they're like me, but they're like their mama too. Like Will in his little smart aleck way and his little grumpy way, he loves physical touch. He would never admit that. He doesn't want me to tell you that. But when he comes to our house and then he leaves, I walk him out of the garage, and he'll always shake my hand and reach out and give old dad a hug at age 21, and guess what? I'm thankful for that. He lacks physical touch. Jesse is very compassionate towards less fortunate people. He's very compassionate towards elderly. He's very compassionate towards animals. He gets that from me, in case you wondered. <laughs> Not really. He gets that from Jennifer. She's that way. And Clara, she just, she's like Jennifer. She just wants to serve. She just wants to love people. She wants people to feel great, to feel welcomed. And so yesterday we were messing around the house, and, and I went outside, and, and I was cutting some wood. We needed some more wood. And so in a minute I look up, and here comes Clara Lynn out. Boy, she's got her boots on, her vest on, her work gloves on, and she's carrying um, a little Yeti cooler. And she goes, Dad, I thought you might get thirsty. I just wanted to bring you something to drink out here. She just serves. She just wants to serve. And so our children, man, as we look at our children, our children, we want them to be like us, do we not? We want them to be like us. We want them to have our worldview. We want them to be driven. We want them to have the same views of God. And so uh, I just think about like my kids. My kids, for me, they were a dream come true. If you know me and you've come to church here much, you know that when I was in high school, I was voted the friendliest. I was a friendliest guy. I was a picture of me in our annual, and they asked us some questions. What is your goal in life? And I said, I want to get married, and I want to have kids. Like, children were, 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 were my dream, man. And, and so as I look back at my kids, we have pictures at home. When Will was a little boy, when he was born, he had that hat crease just like old dad, y'all. Whoo, boy. Had her pointed towards stock, had them Levi's button fly, 501s and them boots on. He wanted to be just like that little wild rag around his neck. And then Jesse Pate came along, and that's when I had them big old black horn rim glasses, you know. And Jesse, he wanted to be just like me. There's a picture of, of me and Jesse sitting in a recliner, and we both got our wife beaters on, and he's got a pair of horn rim glasses from a 3D movie that he went to see looking like old dad with a toothpick in his mouth. Our children, they want to be like us. They want to look like us, and, 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 it, and it feels good when they want to be like us. We want them to love us. I mean, I want your kids to just love you, y'all. I want my kids to love me, to love who I am. I want them to love their, their mother. We want them to be our friends, you know? I know I'm, I'm telling all my stuff today, but ever since our kids were going, we'd put them in bed. We'd pray with them, and we'd say prayers with them. And, and all of my kids, it started with Will and then Jesse and then Clara. We'd put them in the bed, and they'd say, night, I'm going to have a good night. I'm going to sleep all night. We taught them about positive affirmations. I'm going to have a good night. I'm going to sleep all night. And they'd say, night, love you, best friends, kind of with a question mark, like, like, best friends dad and I'd say 
best friends with a question mark back, and then they'd say, forever, with an exclamation mark. And I'd say, forever. And so it's like, we've always just been friends. We've been best friends. And so my children that are created in my image, I want them to be like me and look like me and think like me. I want them to be my friend, but I also want them to honor me and revere me as their, their, as their leader in life. They, my kids love me and we're friends, but they also know I'll bust that butt if they get out of line. Come on, somebody. I am their authority figure. And so, in essence, here's the play, here's the twist. In essence, our children worship us. In essence, our children worship us. They look up to us. They want to be like us. They want to dress like us. They love us. They honor us. They speak highly of us. They make decisions in a way that would make their parents proud of them. Doesn't it feel good when they do that? Doesn't it feel good to you and I when they do that? When they say things like, I miss you, Daddy. When they say things like, you're my best friend. When they say things like, you're the best daddy in the world. And, 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 and when they say, I'm just going to live with you forever, Dad. That'd be Clara, not my boys. I'm like, okay, boys, y'all got to go. Clara, you can stay forever, babe. When they're sick, when they're hurting, when things aren't going good, they want you to hold them. They want to sit in your lap. They want to feel a hug. They want to feel an embrace. They want to feel some security. All three of my kids, and I'm so thankful, and it's nothing that I've done that, that makes it that way. They love me no matter what the situation or what the circumstance is, wherever they are. They just want to love me because I am their father. They adore me. Isn't this exactly what God wants from you and I? Doesn't God, the Father, He has a Father's heart? Doesn't He just want you and I to look like Him, to talk like Him, to dress like Him, to put on the garment of joy, to put on the garments of grace, to put on the garments of peace? Doesn't God just want us to adore Him and want to be His friend, imitate Him, imitate God, to exalt Him? to speak highly of him. Imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Worship. God wants to be worshiped. Do you know how, can I just tell you right quick, do you know how important worship is to God? God is the creator, and God is in charge, and I don't know about you, but I'm going to get to live in heaven forever with God. You know what's taking place in heaven now and will take place in heaven forever? There is no preaching going on up there. There is no praying going on up there. There is no Bible study going on up there. They are worshiping God right now, and, and, and worship will be, be an eternity in heaven. That's how much God loves and desires to be worshiped. So there's this word. This word that's come up in church and this word that's come up within our staff and in my family here recently, and that word is this, it's focus. We just came off this new year starting, you know, new year, new me. What am I going to focus on? What am I going to, what, what, what needs to change? And here's what I want you to see is this. We worship on that which we focus. We worship what we focused on. We worship what we are focused on. On. So many of us, we are so focused on ourself. We are so focused on our image. We are so focused on this is who I am. This is what I stand for. This is the way. We worship ourselves in America today. We worship our image. We worship what people think about us. Some of us worship our spouse. 
All we want is to, as our spouse, we worship our spouse. We worship money. We spend all of our time, money this, money that. If I could get more money, I want more money. So many things in life that we focus on and we worship. We worship our lifestyle. For me, years ago, it was cowboying. That's all I did. That's all I wanted to do. I, I wanted to work on a ranch. I loved the ranch life. It was what I worshiped. I worshiped how I looked. I worshiped how I dressed. I worshiped how I roped. I worshiped what people thought of me. I worshiped. I wanted to be this Marlboro cowboy image, Ross McClowry, Bobby Thompson, you know, kind of guy. I, I worshiped all that. And it had such a grip on me and such a hold on me that it hindered my relationship with God. And you know what God finally had to do for Cody Cochran? Move me out of the ranch life and move me down to Abilene, Texas and put a pair of brown shorty shorts on and put me in a U UPS warehouse loading cardboard boxes in a cargo truck. And in that moment where I didn't understand, and in that moment when the familiar was taken away from me, and in that moment I had to learn that God was my all in all. God was my everything. My identity was as a child of God, and I had to learn to worship God. We worship what we focused on. Can I be real with y'all? Here's the problem. Here's the problem in the church. Here's the problem in this church. Can I get personal with you? Many of us come to church, and I'm glad you're here. Don't get me wrong. I'm just trying to help you out a little bit. Is it okay if I try to help you out a little bit? We don't worship God when we come to church. We worship, we worship Conrad because that brother's bad. And if he's singing, I'm good with it. And if he's playing the songs I like, I will worship. I'll raise my little old Baptist church Christ hand a little bit. I might even clap. But, 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 and old Jennifer on that fiddle, I ain't never heard no fiddle boy. And sometimes I'll get to worshiping Jennifer. Sometimes we forget to worship God, and we forget that this is a worship set, and we come and set like it's a concert so that we can be entertained by all the talent that God has given us. And God didn't give us the talent so we could be entertained. God gave us the talent so our thoughts and heart could be directed towards himself. Y'all got quiet, didn't you? It's tough. It is. I get it. I understand. We worship people that sing. We worship a style. Oh, well, if they'd just sing the old rugged cross out of that Baptist hymnal, then bless God, I could worship. Or if they'd sing a little slope, they'd sing a little, okay, can I testify? I have to be careful worshiping right there because that's my wife on the fiddle. And that's my boy on them drums. And that's my other boy walking up and down the neck of that bass, putting a little funk and a little groove in that music over there. And if I'm not careful, I will start watching my children, and I will quit worshiping God. Which is another thing some of you parents need to learn, and we need to learn in America today. Some of you need to quit worshiping your children over God. Worship, what we focus on is what we Worship. And God wants us to move beyond thinking that worship is the 20 minutes we have at church on Sunday morning. So many of us think that's, that's what it is. And it's way more than that. It's way more than that. We have church so that we can practice how we're going to live outside of church. I preach a message to you each week, and each message that I preach to you is something that will inspire you, that will motivate you, that hopefully through the power of the Holy Spirit will stick with you on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to help you be better and to help you overcome.
The reason that we worship on Sunday is so that we can just adjust our hearts because things go wrong throughout the week. And if we come in here and we focus on God and we worship God together, it should inspire us to worship so that on Wednesday when things are going to hell in a handbasket and we've lost our focus, the Holy Spirit can remind us of a song we sang on Sunday. We can redirect our heart, redirect our thoughts, and live a life of worship even when we're in a hostile workplace. We, that's what we do it for. I'm thankful for the worship that we have here. But it's only to help us later. And, and I'll be honest with you, most preachers probably wouldn't tell you this, but over my 25-year life of following Christ, just like really digging in, the Lord has spoken to me more and revealed himself to me more in praise and worship than he has when somebody was preaching. And I would, you know, I mean, I, I, I would like to think that when I preach, that the Holy Spirit speaks to you. But I'm just telling you, for me, in worship, man, something about worship in unity, something about when I'm focused, something about when I'm giving God a sacrifice of my praise, something about that God just speaks to me a couple of times for me was God just rocked my world was when I went to Argentina on a mission trip. There were like 600 youth gathered in this place. I'm going to preach that night, and they are singing some stuff. Man, it's third world country. They got nothing. They are poor. They don't have much to eat. Their clothes are raggedy. They got nothing, but they are gathered in this place, and I'm telling you, they are worshiping God that night. And guess what? It's in Spanish. I have no idea any of the words that they are singing, but I'm telling you, God knew the words they were singing because God's presence and power was in that place that day, and I'm on the front row getting ready to preach, and I am bawling, snotting, crying like a big old titty baby up there. The Lord rocked my world. The Lord spoke to me that day. Can I tell you what the Lord said to me that day? It was right after Jesse had fell in the fire and burned his hands. He fell in a fire, Jesse did, and when he was about three or four years old, he fell into a fire, burned his hands, third-degree burns. We had to take him to the, to the burn center in, in, in Lubbock, and there's this great story of he's in the ambulance with Jennifer, and, 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 and I had to go get the pickup. And in the middle of all this transport over to, to, to Lubbock, Jesse reaches his hands up like this. And that nurse says, hey, Jesse, are, are, are you okay? What's, what's going on? What do you see? He goes, hey, look, look. She said, what? What do you see? He said, I see God. And, and, and she said, well, what's God doing? And he, Jesse said, God's reaching down and he's touching my hands. Wow. On the front row of that church in Argentina that day, the Lord said, every bit of that message that you just wrote down and that you prepared to give to these people, throw it out the window and tell them about your young son and tell them about in the middle of his most painful moment in life that he reached up to me and I reached down to him and I touched his hands and you tell these children over here in Argentina that in the middle of their struggle, I want to reach down and I want to touch them right where they are. And God said, I'm about to use your son, Jesse, to lead a bunch of Argentinian people to Jesus Christ and he said that is just a little bit of how much I'm going to use him the rest of his life to bring glory to God the Father. This moment that was in worship another time in worship when God really spoke to me man I was preaching and wore out and, and, and give out and kind of struggling a little bit you know and I went to the potter's house in Dallas Texas had the Bishop T.D. Jakes boy 2,500 people there, and there was three of us that was white. That's I'm just telling you, man. And they was getting down on some gospel music, and the Lord rocked my world in the middle of that worship. Those moments propelled me to live a life of worship outside of the church. Can I just tell you, our worship team is amazing, y'all. 
pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. You want to help them out? Engage in worship with them. Don't just watch them. Engage. Sing. Lift your voice. I'll tell you another quick story. I'm just telling stories today. This worship team, their answer to my prayers from probably 15, 18 years ago. Because back in the day, most of y'all don't know. I see some of you that do know. Back at the old church down yonder, when there's about 20 of us gathered, sometimes we didn't have no instruments at all. None. Nothing. Billy Lamb had a tambourine, praise God. He could not stay on beat at all. <laughs> Finally, though, Lana Kieschnick used to lead worship down there, and she'd go on Sunday afternoon to get his tambourine and hide it so he couldn't play it the next Sunday. <laughs> we had some people play the piano, some women, man, and, and thank God for them. But I'm telling you, it was rough, man. There were times we had nothing. I'll never forget. Let me tell you something. Y'all heard me sing, right? I led worship down there some before y'all. We didn't have nobody show up. They said, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to worship God. And they said, how? I said, well, I'll sing. <laughs> the spirit of laughter broke out, just saying anyway. <laughs> but, I mean, we didn't have nothing. And so we had church back then, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And kind of my routine after Sunday night churches, we'd go home, living in a trailer house in my grandparents' backyard. And on TBN at like 1030 at night, Hillsong Church Service came on. Y'all familiar with Hillsong? Probably one of the most well-known worship teams, worship organizations ever right now. Well, back in the day, it started with this lady named Darlene Check, and all the young people think she's old now, not any good. But anyway, the preacher would preach me 15 minutes of worship, and I mean, they was jamming, they was rocking, and then 15 minutes of preaching. When I first started watching it, I didn't even know who the preacher was at Hillsong. I didn't even know his name. And so I heard him say in this service, hey, in that sexy Australian accent that I can't do, I'm Brian Houston from Hillsong Church in Australia. <laughs> and he's talking about church, and he goes, I pastor the largest church in the world outside of the United States of America. And you know what? No one even knows my name. He goes, they don't know me. They don't know Hillsong Church because of me. What has made our church famous is this worship team and that we worship and that our worship team is excellent and that our church, they enter into worship. That's what brings the glory of God. And he said, I get to reap the benefits of how powerful our praise and worship team is. And you know what I said? It's living in my grandparents' backyard with a church of 20 people with absolutely no worship. I just said, Lord, man, someday I want to have a worship team like that. Someday I want to have a worship team where people come to church to listen to them and worship with them and don't even come to hear me preach. Ah, can I just tell you, as much as it turns my stomach to brag on Conrad, <laughs> this is an answer to my prayer years ago. And my next, my next prayer is this, that you and I would learn. We're such a Duke's mixture of Baptist, Assembly of God, Atheist, Church of Christ, Methodist, Catholic, all kinds of stuff thrown together. My prayer is that we would learn to worship God in spirit and in truth and learn to worship God and participate. And you know what? You say, I just don't clap in church, Cody. I say, well, you clap for that little league baseball game. Come on, somebody. You say, Cody, I'm just not one of them to get really loud. Well, you was hollering at the rodeo when that guy marked a 92 in the bronc riding. So my heart is that we could worship, that God would begin to do something in us that would change our worship. You know, God wants our true worship. Everybody just say true worship. Matthew 15, 19. See, let me just be real with you a little bit. Matthew 15, 19 says some people worship God with their mouth, but their heart's far from God. It's just part of, the, it's part of life. But God forbid that, that we be people that just worship God with our mouth, but our heart is not really right. 
Romans 1.25 talks about worshiping the creation over the creator. Help us to always remember and be the kind of people that don't worship the things but worship God. Matthew 20.20 talks about James and John's mother. She's worshiping God, trying to get some benefits for her children. Let's make sure that we don't worship God with ulterior motives. God just wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. John 4.23. Help me out, William. John 4.23. But the time is coming. Indeed, it is here now. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, the Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. Now is the time God says, I want you guys to start worshiping me in spirit and in truth. Here's something that stuck out to me in, in this verse right here. Like God's not looking for our religious duties. God's not looking for our money. God's not looking for our perfection. God's not looking for our performance. You know what God is looking for? The Father is looking for those who will worship him. That's what God wants, just you and I, every day, all the time, just to worship him. So when we become true worshipers, we worship God when things are good. We worship God when things are bad. We worship God when we're singing our style, and we worship God when we're not singing our style. We worship God when the conservatives are in office, and we worship God when the liberals are in office. We worship God all the time. So final thing I'll say today is this. Sometimes we struggle with worship because our hearts get mixed up. Our hearts, things get in our hearts. We get angry, we get mad, we're people, we have emotions, we struggle with someone else, we struggle with what's going on in the world, and our hearts get jacked up, and then our hearts are focused on things that are not of God. And so Jesus says this statement in Matthew 5, 23 and 24. If you're presenting a sacrifice, and in this instance, the sacrifice of worship, if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember someone has something against you, like there's some struggle, there's some conflict, there's something in your life, that's not right. Jesus says, leave your sacrifice at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Go make things right. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Get your heart right and pure, and that is when you can worship God in spirit and in truth. I love, it's hard to worship when our hearts are jacked up. Can I hear a good amen? I love, I used to love to go all the time to black church. There's a church in Hamlin, Texas I used to love to go to. They called it the Holy Ghost Headquarters. A.O.J. Lee, Deacon Lee. Deacon Lee would run in that joint, his wife was Sister Lee. And, and, and so I would go to their church. And one thing I learned at, at the black church is I love when they come in church. Every time they come in church, y'all can, can look, it's okay. They would come in the door at church, and here's what they would do. All of them, man, nearly 90% of them. They would come into church, and as they got to the back pew, they would kneel down like this. And they prayed this little prayer, and, and I can't tell you verbatim what it was, but the prayer was this, Lord, I lay down everything that came from outside, and Lord, right now, I choose to focus you, I choose to worship you, I give you permission to speak into my life, and they would get up. And I'm just going to tell you, man, that just changed my life forever, because so many times, how I many you know, it'd be better in our life if when we got angry, frustrated, mad, depressed, if we just learned to lay it all down and say, God, I'm focusing on you. I love this. So we had another guy one time that came to our church to help us with our praise and worship years ago. He wasn't the greatest musician. He was a little quirky. He was a little weird. He was downright goofy, some buck. I'm just telling you. But he said one thing to our worship team 
that I never, ever, ever, ever forget. He said, your ministry is right here on this guitar. Your ministry is right here playing these keys. Your ministry is singing in this mic. Your ministry. And you cannot do what God has called you to do if your heart and your mind is jacked up. And he said, I'm just going to share with y'all what I do when I come in to my church to lead worship. He said, when I walk on the stage, I take my garment off. I take my coat off or whatever I've got, and I pretend to. If I got it on or not, and I hang it on something right there. And I go, God, I'm laying everything I got down, and I'm stepping up up here with a pure heart to operate in my gift in order so that someone else may be able to worship God through the gift you've given me. Wow. We, we, we worship that on which we focus on. And if we can learn to lay it all down, redirect our focus to God, we can live a life of worship daily. Conrad, y'all come help me close this thing. God simply wants our worship. I got a question for you today. So where's your heart? Where's your heart today? Nobody can answer that question but you. Where's your heart? Let me ask you another question. Where's your, what, what's your focus? What are you focused on? What, what, what are you focused on? Something blocking your worship, something blocking your heart, something blocking. Today, before you leave, I just want to encourage you in this. We're, we're fixing to sing some worship songs. This is a catalyst to get you going throughout the week. I want to encourage you just to adore your father for a minute. You ever have a kid, one of your children, just hold their hands up to you like he's like, like hold me? That look, you look, them kids look at you with that look, you know what I mean? Just take this time. I don't even care if you close your eyes, stand up, sit down, what, but in this moment, just, just redirect your focus. You have, you have the self-discipline. You, you have the strength. You have the strength of mind. You can renew your mind. Just focus and adore and love on your Heavenly Father the way that your children look and adore. You worship Him in spirit and truth. Father, we just ask you today to Give us the strength, God. Help us to make a choice right now. To be worshipers. To redirect our thoughts, redirect our heart, and just focus on, on you. On who you are. On what you've done in our lives. Help us focus on you. And worship you in the closing moments of this service. And God, I pray in the next four to five minutes because of our choice to worship I pray that your spirit would come in this place and I pray that Lord you would speak to some people in this place the way you spoke to me in Argentina I pray you would speak to some men and some women and some parents and even some youth God speak to them in this moment not because it's Bethel not because it's Cody not because it's Connor but because you because we choose to worship you God, have your will and have your way in this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Y'all stand on your feet if you will, and let's close with a song of worship.